back to the Out to Be podcast. On today's episode, I'm talking with Jessa Graves of J Graves, who has struggled with wellness in so many ways. We really have a very well-rounded discussion about her journey with her physical wellness when she was diagnosed with a mystery illness and her mental health and how she basically did a freaking 180 on her life to get healthy again. So she gives so many good tips through her story as to small changes you can make in your life that can make a really major improvement. But the other reason why I love this discussion is because it's such a great continuation of our current Mental Health Awareness Month episodes. And we talk about how we can exist in the music industry if we're focusing on wellness. It can be, it seems like they're two totally different things. It can be really hard to picture how we can be an artist, be a music industry professional, and live a life where we focus on wellness and getting sleep and eating healthy and taking care of our minds and our bodies, and then still be successful in the music industry where we're kind of expected to go out late and drink a lot and party and be tired, yet also get all of our stuff done. So I really love talking to Jessa about this. It was really fun conversation. And there is a way to do both. There is a way to still focus on wellness and take care of yourself and still exist in the music industry. And she's living proof of that. And not only can you do it, but you can have a much better life and a much better career if you do focus on wellness. So I cannot wait for you guys to hear this. Jessa is amazing. And if you want to connect with her, I have the links to connect with her in the show notes. But I also do want to add that she has one single live right now that's coming off of the record she's dropping in September. And you can hear it at jgraves.bandcamp.com. So if you're interested in checking that out, definitely go give it a listen. Go send her some love as she prepares for the release of her album and for her um, release show, which is also on her 30th birthday. That's pretty cool. So I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. Before we hop into the episode, I want to mention a couple things that I keep forgetting to tell you about. The first is that I started an Instagram all for the Out to Be podcast, so now it has its own Instagram. So I would love for you guys to go head over to at Out to Be podcast on Instagram. Give us a follow. Maybe like a few of our posts, whatever you want, so that you can stay up to date with basically anything that has to do with the podcast. I started its own Instagram so that you can catch it all on there and not just from my profile. And lastly, another thing that I wanted to mention before we hop into the episode is that this episode is sponsored by my one-on-one coaching program. I currently have one spot left for the next three months for my one-on-one coaching program. So if you are feeling inspired to upgrade your wellness, your time management, to get clearer on the things that you want to accomplish, the goals that you have, and how to reach them while still reducing stress, avoiding burnout, and living a happy, joyful life where you get to play music and do things that really fill you up, I encourage you to apply to my one-on-one coaching. There's one spot left. So if you are ready to change your life, apply now. The link is in the show notes or you can go to bit.ly slash out to be coaching. All right, let's hop into the episode. Hey, Jessa, and welcome to the Out to Be podcast. Hiya. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to have you here today. So before we hop into your journey with health and wellness, I want you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, totally. Um, so my name is Jessa Graves, and I front uh, a three-piece, dancey, 
high energy uh, garage rock band in Portland, Oregon called Jay Graves. I love that description of your music. <laughs> Thank you. So detailed. Amazing. So you have been on a journey with wellness and health for some time now. How did that start? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in the late 2017, um, I got mystery sick, um, had a really hard time figuring out what was going on with me. Um, and basically I decided to take matters into my own hands and, um, do a 180 on my lifestyle. Um, I really refocused on um, eating the way that I know that my body really appreciates whole foods, no processed stuff. Um, I quit smoking. Um, I reevaluated my relationship with alcohol um, and I started running um, and focusing on my physical wellness as well. When you say you got mystery sick, if you don't mind sharing, what exactly did that look like for you? Yeah, totally. Um, there were uh, some symptoms that were in line with um, like scary words like cancer or um, diverticulitis, which is like um, an intestinal mm-hmm. thing, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, both of which runs in my family. So like hereditary wise, I did not have a whole lot of good things going for me. Um, so, you know, my doctor who is amazing, um, was really quick to be like, look, we're going to get this figured out. Um, we're going to get you better. Um, so yeah, like x-rays and ultrasounds and blood tests and all the things, um, like all the while trying to maintain, um, a normal lifestyle, you know, going to work, trying to keep the band going. And yeah, it was, it was scary. Um, and I really have a newfound appreciation, um, not only for my, for my health, um, but for folks who deal with chronic illness. Yeah. So I know everyone has different experiences with doctors. I personally have had quite interesting experiences. I've not found that my normal, like regular medicine doctors have really dug deep enough to find out like why I have the illnesses that I do have. Like I have allergies and things like that, um, Mm -hmm. among many other things. And I've become personally frustrated did you find that in your experience? And of course, like we're in totally different places. Like I said, everyone has very different experiences and I'm not trying to put down conventional medicine. I love for you to share though, what your experience was like when you show up to the doctor with this mystery illness, worried about things like cancer and how did they deal with that? How did they walk you through that? And what was that experience like when, like you said, you were still trying to basically have your normal life still going? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm super fortunate to have the doctor that I have. She's um, she is unique in the way that she practices Western medicine, but also um, thinks that uh, like natural medicine is is crucial. Um, so that all being said, like uh, the first time that I went in with symptoms not feeling well, um, I actually didn't get to see my doctor because she was out of town. Um, and that experience was not super positive for me. So yeah, I think that really, truly finding a right fit doctor for you is, is, a, is a big piece to, to a wellness and, and knowing that your practitioner, your primary caregiver, like actually cares and gives a heck about what's going on with you and, and your, your body. So. Absolutely. So she helped you run those tests, the lab tests, x-rays, things like that to, mm-hmm. I assume, rule out those major. Yeah. Diseases. Yeah. It was basically like going down the list and, um, yeah, just like her 
presence and the care and concern and consideration that she had for me, like, I mean, you know, I was terrified um, when I had just no idea what was happening. Um, And she like looked at me and she was like, listen, like, I'm here for you and we're going to get this figured out. And like, that was just so comforting um, to me. Uh, And like, I knew I was in good hands um, at that point. That is amazing. And I'm so glad that you had that experience. It's such a lesson for all of us that like, don't settle for a doctor who is not paying attention to you or giving you the care that you deserve, because there are people out there who will give you the care that you need and that you deserve. And you don't have to just stick with one person because you've been with them for a while or because you found them first. Like it's important to find someone who will really listen to you and help you in the way that you need help. So I'm, I'm really glad that you shared that experience. So were the lifestyle changes something that she brought up or suggested, or was that something that you sort of decided on your own? You know, I think that while I'm getting these tests done, there's something a little bit more going on here that I might need to look into and that's lifestyle. Yeah. I think that ultimately I was like, well, if there's something, if you know, something is wrong, if, if there's something wrong with me, if this, if this something is is perhaps not going to go away with a round of medication or, you know, um, without more time, I thought that I should give my body the best chance that it had to combat whatever it is, um, you know, that was happening in me. Um, and you know, uh, as a, a, as a musician, uh, who plays shows and, um, you know, kind of feeding into that like stereotype of like the tortured like artist like drinking is a huge part of that whole thing um and when I got sick I had to go on a course of antibiotics you know they were just like we're gonna pump you full of things to just make sure that you don't you know you have like or I don't I don't exactly know why but it was just like if something is in you like we're gonna get rid of it and so anyways um so I couldn't drink for two weeks which like now in hindsight is like, oh my God, I threw the biggest fit for like not being able to like drink for two weeks. But (laughs) that's really funny. um, Yeah, no, like I left the doctor's office and like went and got a burrito and like got a margarita and was like, I'm, I was just like so incredibly just like distraught because that was like the last time I was going to be able to drink. And then kind of from that point on, it was like, I'm going to put good things into my body um, and really kind of appreciate this, this break that I've been given. Um, so yeah, so uh, from that point on, that was like a huge turning point for, for the way that I lived my life. That's crazy. And I, you're so right, the like tortured artist, the like starving artist thing, it's such a bad stereotype but also it's there for a reason because I feel like so many of us it's like in the music industry culture we picture people just partying and doing drugs and drinking and staying out late and it can be really hard to feel like we need to fit into that mold when in fact we can be successful musicians while actually taking care of ourselves and being healthy and maybe even be better at our jobs yeah which is game changing like that's the game right and I am so experienced, like, that is my experience right now. It's yeah. like, um, just having the ability to 
yeah, just be more focused in, in my, in my craft and in my performances, um, my endurance, my energy, like everything that comes with, um, treating your, your body and your, your, just like yourself with, with care and concern. Like, yeah, I'm just, I'm having a blast, um, experiencing music in this way now. That's incredible. So before we get to like all of the amazing things that you're doing now and how you're feeling now, let's go back to, okay, now you stop drinking. You realize this is my last margarita. (laughs) (laughs) I'm changing things up now. Like let's really savor this margarita and then we're going to move forward in a different way. Did you stop drinking entirely or did you just decide to cut down? Like how did you notice that maybe your relationship with alcohol was something that needed to be worked on a little bit? Yeah. Well, uh, so I, I took that two week break while I was on the medication, um, which, uh, the fact that I was having such a hard time with taking two weeks off, like immediately red flagged for me that like, it was something that I probably needed to work on from that point on. I definitely cooled it. Um, and then as 2018 started, um, and I started exercising and running, um, you know, drinking is not conducive to those things really. I mean, like people do it obviously, but, um, it's tough to go out and drink and then get up at six in the morning to go for a run. So, um, that it it slowed definitely at that point on. And then when was that? I think it in March, I took my first whole month off, um, which was like a really great testament. Um, and, a piece to like this discovery of my discipline. Like I ne- I've never ever considered myself to be a disciplined person. And then, um, yeah, this kind of like self-discovery journey happened during that time as well. So, um, took my first month off in March and then later in the year, took three months off. Um, and then from there have been taking like six weeks to a month off, like alternating. Um, and now, yeah, now I've just not been like, it's more normal for me to not. Um, and I, have found that I prefer to not bring alcohol into the picture for performances. It just kind of convolutes things for me now. Yeah. There's so many good things that you brought up in that. And one of them is the other lifestyle changes that you made, which we'll get into. But the other one is when you talk about discipline. And I think that that's so important because a lot of us think that we can't do something, whether it's make a lifestyle change or like achieve a career goal. Um, because we don't have discipline, but really discipline is just all about making a choice. And we all have the power to make a choice and we can choose to be disciplined. We can choose to do something or not do something. Like in your case, it's just choosing to see if you can go for a month without alcohol. And all that is, is to choose not to have a drink. And once we prove that to ourselves once, it becomes a lot easier to move forward in that journey. But we do have to go through that like first kind of step of going through it and proving like, okay, it's not as hard as it might seem, or maybe it is hard. And what can I do better to make the choice easier on myself and like not put myself in situations or work on not feeling guilty when I'm doing that? Was it hard for you still being a part of the music industry in a culture where people are drinking? And just for um, background, I actually don't drink either. So I, you know, I, I do know what it's like, but was it hard for you coming out of that as someone who was drinking a lot and now moving maybe like having to explain yourself or just be around people who are drinking a lot and feeling uncomfortable? What was that experience like for you? Um, yeah, I think 
when when it when I started, I think that I felt pretty pouty about it. Like I felt like I was missing out on something because for a really long time, uh, number one, it was a part of my identity, and number two, um, it was like a default setting. You know, it was like a default fun setting. And so if if that is the association, then you're gonna feel like you're missing out on something. Um, and so I think as I got further, you know, further in the year. Um, with taking, you know, more and more time off, um, it just became something else to me. And I think that that reframe is, is super important, um, especially if it's, if it's a, a, a lasting change that folks want to make. Um, I experienced what it was like um, to be the sober one in a room full of a bunch of wasted people, uh, which... I it's an experience. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like and I and I don't want to put any judgment on it. Um but yeah, like it was it was just it was an experience and it was pretty like eye-opening of like wow. Uh this is I have I've been this person and I've been in this place to other people before and I'm not so sure that that's who I want to be or how I, you know, how I want to how I want to handle my business. Absolutely. And like you said, this conversation is not meant to come off as judgmental yeah, for anyone no, no, who does still drink because you can drink and have a healthy relationship with alcohol and you can also have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol or other things going on in your life that alcohol makes worse. So, you know, there's no judgment, absolutely no judgment at all. It's simply about like really just evaluating what works for your life and what doesn't work for your life and what changes you can make to better your life. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I want to double stamp that. What works for me does certainly not work for everybody else. So. Absolutely. And alcohol is like only one piece of this. I wanted to focus on it a little bit more because I think it is such an important uh, part of the music industry culture that a lot of people who don't drink struggle with or who want to stop drinking struggle with. I have frequently gotten people being like, oh, you don't drink? Good for you. That's amazing. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why is this like a stamp of approval? And if it is like, if you don't want to drink, then just don't drink or don't guilt yourself for doing it or not doing it. It doesn't have to be like that. So mm -hmm. I'm, thank you for sharing your experience. I think it's good to just open this conversation up. That's like something I personally, as a non-drinker, like to talk about so that we can kind of break the stigma about that too. Like it doesn't fucking matter what you do. Just yeah. like, shut Absolutely. up. And I, yeah. And I t like, uh, and it's, that's interesting that you bring that up. Yeah, it's definitely been like a conversation piece, um, you know, playing shows and and folks, the wonderful people that come out to support my band, um, always offering to, you know, grab grab me a drink. And um, they're very surprised. And I'm like, yeah, can I, can I get a glass of hot water? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could you squeeze some lemon in that if you don't yeah, want to? Yeah, maybe a touch of honey. Um, yeah, it, and I really like, I appreciate having dialogue around it. Um, and I think that, you know, with anything, with, with mental health, with, with physical wellness, with emotional wellness, with um, just wellness in general, like the more conversation we can have about it, the better. So. Absolutely. So that wasn't the only change that you made though. You made a lot of other changes. You started running, you quit smoking. What other things that did you do to really upgrade your health and feel better? And what do you feel like made the biggest impact for you? Yeah, totally. Um, I also, so, okay. So running was a huge piece. Um, 
you know, like circling back to that discipline, um, running was something that I was so like proud of. Like I had, and I had tried to do it before in the past. Like this is all very, like this last year and a half has been very symbolic for me. Um, so I had tried to run in the past and like didn't follow through and ultimately like just kind of walked away from it. Um, and the same with quitting smoking, the same with not drinking, like all of these things that I had tried to do in the past, I, I, I failed at like ultimately. Um, and so this year and, and at the start of this journey, like I'm, I'm feeling like I have a better understanding of myself and I'm able to like be successful in the things that I'm, I'm trying to accomplish in these goals. Um, so I, in addition to quitting smoking to starting running, um, I also picked up a mindfulness practice. Um, so I started meditating daily at the start of 2018, um, and was really committed to it. And then, you know, um, wasn't so committed to it. Um, but the beauty of, of mindfulness meditation is that like the whole, kind of the whole theme of the process is to begin again, um, which is something that's really kind of stuck with me. Um, so I love meditating. It's like one of my favorite 15 minute chunks of my day. Um, and I feel like that's really helped me to, uh, be less reactive, um, to be more focused, um, and to, yeah, just be more introspective and really like understand and experience and to not put judgment on things like, um, the, the word equanimity, um, which is pretty thematic in, in the mindfulness practice that I have is, you know, like you experience and you experience the things that are happening and you don't have judgment about it. And then from there you're able to, um, navigate things, um, just, with a, a better sense and awareness. So, um, that's been a huge, huge thing for me. Um, so what does your meditation practice look like? I love to ask people this because so many people that come on the show talk about meditation, but it looks different for everyone. What does yours look like? Yeah, totally. I use, so I use an app called 10% happier. Um, a newscaster by the name of Dan Harris had a panic attack on national television um, and ended up turning to meditation to help with his, um, extreme anxiety. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, so he wrote a book called M meditation for fidgety skeptics, which like really <laughs> resonated with me because I, I definitely err on the side of like secular meditation. So, uh -huh. um, much more in the realm of like neuroscience and, and focus and really trying to to build that, like that, that skill of focus. Um, so when I found out about the app, um, and his experience, like it kind of drew me in. So I use that application. Um, I take public transit to work in the morning. So when I get on the train, my train rides about 20, 25 minutes. Um, so I put on a meditation and I sit on the train and that is my, that's a part of my morning ritual. Um, and I love it. It's, uh, I, when I, when it doesn't happen for me, I, I definitely feel a different, like my day feels different. So I feel the same way about when I don't do yoga, it, I feel less focused. I feel less in it. And I love that you literally do it on your commute because for mm -hmm. anybody who's like, I just don't have the time. Sorry. Like 
Yes, you do. <laughs> you just gotta squeeze it in where it works. You could do it on your commute. You could do it for five minutes when you wake up in bed instead of scrolling on Instagram. Like there's a lot of ways to work it into your day without feeling like you have to roll out the yoga mat and like put on music and light incense and sit yeah. for an hour by yourself. It doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. I'd also like to add that, um, you know, commuting, uh, is like one of the most stressful situations we put ourselves in. Um, and also thinking about the experience as a whole, like we're always thinking about the destination. We're not thinking about the experience in it of itself. And so to like, actually take a minute and not focus on the place that we're going or like the future and be in the present in that moment is like pretty incredible. I've had some really, really lovely, lovely mornings on the way to work. That I love that. Wow. <laughs> like you really take something that really is so positive and something that maybe even takes us a little bit more out of our day and makes us feel more removed, more looking forward, less in the moment. And you really spun it on its head and like, how can I do better about this? How can I use this space to be more, even more connected with myself than I would normally? That, that's really amazing. I, we can all learn from that. <laughs> that is really amazing. So besides all of the physical things, you also started to make changes with your mental health by seeking out therapy. Can you tell us a bit about your experience with that? I was probably the most depressed I had ever been in the fall of 2017. And at that point, like none of my normal coping mechanisms uh, were working for me. And I... Was this before the illness came up or was it... Yeah, after? this was okay. before. Um, this was before. And um, very thankfully, I had my therapist <laughs> going through the, the health scare stuff. Um, but yeah, I like was making poor choices. I was repeating things. I was trapped in a cyclical narrative, uh, lots of storytelling about myself and who I was. And I just like, I wanted to be free of it and I wanted to move forward and I didn't want to be sad anymore. Like I, I wanted to, I wanted to be better. Um, and I felt in that moment that I couldn't do that by myself. Um, so yeah, I was super, super fortunate to find an amazing therapist um, with the first person that I met with, which is not the experience that everyone has. Um, I'm actually currently looking for a new therapist right now because mine moved at the beginning of the year. Um, and, and I'm kind of meeting with a handful of people to try and find a good fit. So mm. if you're looking for a therapist, keep going. You're going to find them. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Like any uh, doctor, keep going until you find the right fit. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you deserve the right fit. Um, and it's a world of difference to be connected with your therapist and to feel like they have your best interest in mind. Um, so yeah, I met an amazing therapist. Um, I love uh, yeah, loved the way that she communicated with me. And she, like, in one of our, I think it was our first or second session, she, like, looked me in the eye and was like, you are enough. And, like, that was, like, such a life-changing moment for me. And I um, am so grateful to have heard that. And we did a lot of work together um, to 
yeah, just kind of eliminate that narrative and to really focus on that, like you as a whole, like you as a person, like you're enough, like, and, and if, if you have an understanding of that, um, then, then growth, uh, and development can really stem from, from that place. Um, so yeah, I like for the very first time in a long time started to break through this like pretty thick layer of depression and, uh, started to kick some butt. So really, really good. <laughs> yes. We love butt kicking. Yes. <laughs> that is always progress. <laughs> so now you've made all these changes. Have you like kicked that mystery illness? Are you, how are you feeling now? How is, how are things going now? Yeah. So last year at the end, so hold up, uh, let me timeline this. So at the end of 2017, I was still feeling like garbage, had no real like answers to anything. Got my whole food, no processed, like exercise, um, therapy and meditation routine, like worked into my life and I did start to feel better. Um, and whether that was the medication that, or, you know, like the course of antibiotics or, you know, the combination of getting through depression and not drinking and quitting smoking, like I cannot tell you what it was that brought me out of that place, but I was out of it probably by the end of January of 2018. And then was like, it's so, it's so amazing to to go from and to like understand and truly like feel the juxtaposition of like not feeling well to like feeling healthy again and I just like cannot express my gratitude like for just everything like I feel I feel so good now and um yeah it's it's been a little more than a year um of feeling good so that is amazing. And I mean, you should feel <laughs> proud of yourself because you also had to have the awareness to make these changes, to want to change and to want to get better and to have the discipline, like we talked about, to actually do it. And chances are it was a combination of all of the things that you did in tandem with your doctor to get you to feeling where you're feeling now. So it's just proof for anybody who's feeling shitty, whether it's mentally, physically, or both, there is hope. You're not, you don't have to stay where you are now. It's just about really being inquisitive about what steps you can do to move forward and making sure you have a good team around you, both like um, doctors and other support to make the changes that you need to make. So again, during this time, you've still been in the music industry, working as a musician, you know, playing late nights, being in bars, being surrounded by these like habits that we really associate with the music industry. Now that you're living this healthier lifestyle, what is it like? And have you had to really like redefine how you operate and how you exist almost in the music industry with the new habits and with the new um, life that you've created for yourself? Yeah, it's a little wild. Um, I, so like we played a show last week. Yeah, last week. And it was on a Thursday night. Um, and I put myself to bed. I'm in my bed at 10 p.m. and I'm like sleeping by 10:30. So like we didn't even play until 10, 
I didn't get home until one. I wake up at six in the morning and I exercise before I go to work. Um, so like that morning was really, really difficult for me. Like I was exhausted. Um, and, uh, yeah. So like just being, I mean, even being awake after 10 PM is like a stretch for me now, which like my 23 year old self would be like, come on. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) I'm 23 and I, a long time ago was like, I will not play sets after 9 PM. (laughs) I don't nice. want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I like. I was thinking. I was thinking about our call, like our our call today, being like, man, is there any way we can just like have venues like start shows at like six? <laughs> we can all be out of there by ten. Like that'd Seriously. be cool. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Some people listening to this are probably like, that would not be amazing. But <laughs> when you're going to bed early and you're getting a good night's sleep, that that is like the ideal to have an earlier show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so just, just in the sense of like my, like my, my daily template, like that's a little bit outside of the comfort zone. Um, I think that, uh, not choosing to not drink when I perform, um, is a game changer for me. Uh, that makes later nights with a quick morning turnaround a lot easier. Um, again, I feel more comfortable in my performance. Um, and for me too, this last year and a half um, has really been this like reignition and understanding that music is my passion and that it's my purpose and that I will never be a complete human unless I'm writing and performing and recording um, music. And uh, it's like this uh, is really cool realization that like music has never been about partying. It's never been about hanging out in bars. It's never been about getting wasted and acting a fool. I don't know. It's never been about that. Like it's, it's, it's always been about the music and, and to have that clarity, um, now, um, again, has been just a really inspiring, um, yeah, so I'm just in a really inspired place right now and I'm excited to see what, what comes of it in in the near future. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, we look at the music industry and we look at all of the stereotypes and we can kind of say like, oh, the industry drinks a lot and parties a lot and does this and isn't healthy. But the truth is the music industry is the way it is because of the people who are in it, which means that we all individually have the choice to act in a certain way and therefore change how the music industry is. So what would you say to people who maybe are feeling a little bit frustrated with having to feel like they need to be drinking at every show or they need to be out late all the time, but they actually really want to implement a healthier lifestyle, whether that has to do with being physically healthier, eating healthier, going to bed, working out or, and, or mentally just like working on themselves, meditating, going to therapy. What would you say to people who want to do that, but are feeling intimidated because they don't know if they can fit into the quote unquote music industry culture and the way they're supposed to be because of how things are? Yeah. I mean, I would just like, that was part of the reason, like one of the biggest reasons why I reached out to you is that like, we're out here. (laughs) Like, um, there are people who are health, you know, health-minded, and and I use health as like a really broad term. Um, you know, we're we're out here. Like, I bring snacks to venues with me because I don't really eat bar food, like which is Same not really allowed. But like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like in the corner eating my almond butter and apple, like 
and my like amazing. my whole 30 meat stick <laughs> like <laughs> um, yeah but like we're we're here we're here and and you know I think again like dialogue and conversation around it is is paramount like let's talk let's start the conversation like let's be supportive of um the folks who have to wake up early in the morning or are choosing to wake up early in the morning mm-hmm. or you know like uh, let's also not be judgmental of, of different lifestyles and, and different ways to handle, handle your life. Like, I think that we can all just be uh, a more supportive and, 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 and once more too, like we as musicians, like we're creatives and we often like, we set the tone for things, you know, like we're innovators and we're, we, we create, like who says we have to fit into any kind of a, uh, yes. you know, kind of this like predetermined, like, no, it, it, you don't like, you get to be whomever and whatever you'd like to be. And if you're treating yourself well, then really, who are we to say, you know, <laughs> that yeah. you can't, do, yeah, it's just, yeah. So I, I just want to encourage folks to, to talk and know that you've, you've got at least one here in Portland. Uh, two. Who, yeah, there, you go. there you go. Coast to coast. Yes, coast to coast. <laughs> if you're in the middle, we'll have to uh, seek some people out for you. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. In I'm the just middle, kidding. go ahead and raise your hands if you're yeah. in the middle. <laughs> there, like you said, there are plenty of us out here. And that's yeah. why, you know, of course, that's why I started this podcast is to open the conversation and to make make it well known that we're out here. You don't have to feel like you need to be someone specific. You can be whoever you want to be and you can be health minded if that's who you choose to be. And all of that is okay. You don't have to fit into some sort of music industry specific mold. And I I really couldn't have put it any better than you just put it. That that is so true and and really amazing. So thank you for sharing your whole story and for being on this podcast today. Thank you so much. This has been such a blast. Yes. Before I let you go, what are you up to now with your music? How can we connect with you? And for anyone in Portland, how can we come see you? So my project, Jay Graves, we are releasing our debut full-length record, which is also something that I did in 2018. Um, the record is called Marathon. Um, again, very symbolic because um, in 2018, I trained and, trained and ran a marathon. So uh, this, this record and the, the, the making of it was all in tandem with with all of these changes. Um, and so it's time cross the finish line coming out September 13th, 2019. Um, we will be, uh, playing our release show on May 24th at a sweet little venue in Northeast Portland called turn, turn, turn. It's an amazing bill. Um, Ellie Swope as a rose, uh, so all female fronted bill as well, which is really rad. Um, yeah, our first single will be dropping uh, May 21st. I'm so excited. Um, you can get in touch with us, um, stay up to date with shows, with the releases um, on our website, and that's jgraves.xyz. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram, and that's at jgraves.xyz. And then if you type in jgraves on Facebook, you can find us there as well. Yay! <laughs> and it must be so exciting for you. And it really just goes to show, like, you put all of this time and energy into bettering yourself and making sure that you felt the best that you could feel. And then like, look what came out of it, this amazing album that now you get to celebrate with everyone and really just like 
be so pumped for. I am pumped for you because I can tell how excited you are for it. And I can't wait to I'm, hear it. Yeah, I'm so incredibly excited. And I cannot wait to share it with everyone. Um, and thank you so much for, for giving artists a platform here. It's, it's really, really important. It is truly my pleasure. Thank you so much, Jessa, for being on today. And I hope you have a fabulous rest of the day. Thank you so much, you too.